This is Equipping Eve, the podcast that seeks to equip women with fruits of truth from God's Word. In his second letter to the Corinthians, the Apostle Paul wrote, But I am afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, your minds will be led astray from the simplicity and purity of devotion to Christ. A sincere and pure devotion to Christ begins by being grounded in his word. So let's open our Bibles, ladies, and prepare to feast on the truth God has given us. Well, hello, ladies, and welcome to Equipping Eve. I'm your host, Erin Benziger, and big news, this is the 100th episode of Equipping Eve. Can you believe it? I can't believe that... I've talked for 100 episodes worth. I can't believe some of you may have listened to all 100 episodes, so thank you. Thank you for hanging in there. Thank you for your support. Thank you for your encouragement, your ideas. Thank you so much, ladies. So the thing is, that's not all. It's not just the 100th episode of Equipping Eve. It is also the five-year anniversary, which I also can't believe. I cannot believe that we've been doing Equipping Eve for five years. Time really flies. Uh, When I think back to the fact that this started in 2014 and I consider everything that's happened in my life in those past five years, it's just astonishing to me. Uh, It seems like it was just yesterday that I had no idea how to do a podcast, and quite frankly, I still don't. But um, I do know I'm having a lot more fun with it now than I was five years ago because I was so intent on writing out every single word before I spoke it, which you can probably tell from the first few episodes. So, um, you know, now I like to work with an outline and not script out every single word. So hopefully that's working better for you ladies. It's working better for me. So 100 episodes, five years, that's kind of a big deal. I know most podcasts, they air more frequently. Um, you know, they're weekly. They maybe don't take as many breaks. This is me. This is a solo thing here. Um, you know, I record, I edit, I get things up online. Now, in the early years, uh, we did have a huge amount of help from the folks at NoCo Radio, No Compromise Radio, and that was immensely important and awesome. Um, but now, Equipping Eve is on its own, and so um, it's me. I'm a solo gig, and that's why it's taken five years to do 100 episodes, but still a big accomplishment, big milestones. And because of that, we need to celebrate. We need to celebrate big. This is big. Who knows if we'll make it to 200 episodes. And hopefully if we do hit 200 episodes, it won't take another five years. But I make no promises. So anyway, stay tuned. You have to listen to the entire episode before we get to the celebration, because there is going to be a celebration. And with that, I would like to turn to a tweet that I saw, it's been a couple of weeks now, Um, October 16th, Joel Osteen, everybody's favorite smiley preacher. You know, I think he's probably a very nice man. I just, I don't know. I don't know. Has anybody ever actually evangelized Joel Osteen? I don't know. We like to sit on Twitter and blogs and criticize him, and I am as guilty as the next person, but I don't know if anybody's actually evangelized him with the true gospel. 
I don't know. I hope so. I don't have that opportunity because Joel Osteen isn't exactly in my sphere of influence. But anyway, on October 16th, Joel Osteen tweeted out, or his intern tweeted out, you may think you're too old to accomplish your dream, but it's on the way. You may think it's too late to start your business, but it's on the way. Trust his timing. And then, of course, there was a link to his latest message. And so I saw that tweet and I thought, wait a minute, it's never too, it's not too late to accomplish my dream. Great news, everybody. For the five-year, 100th episode anniversary of Equipping Eve, I would like to announce that I am going to become a 1980s bubblegum pop singer after all. I know. You're all really excited, so stay tuned for my first album. I mean, that's the ridiculousness of, of this kind of quote-unquote preaching, and it's not biblical, and it's, it's just feel-good, and it's unfortunate that there are people who are deceived by it, um, which is why we need to be about the business of proclaiming the truth and proclaiming the gospel and, and not just criticizing the error, but proclaiming that truth. That's why it's so important, because otherwise someone might be out there thinking they are going to become an 80s pop singer. And so, yes, that was one of my dreams as a child. Um, my, I won't say she was my idol, because that is weird to me. Um, but I definitely basically was Debbie Gibson as a child, um, in my mind. Um, so, you know, I had visions. I was going to become like the next Debbie Gibson, and that hasn't happened yet, but according to Joel Osteen, it still might. Yeah. But see, that's why Equipping Eve exists. That's why other podcasts exist. That's why we have wonderful, faithful pastors and preachers and teachers who, who just are faithful to the biblical text and just proclaim what the Word says, proclaim what God's Word says, not what people just want to hear because they're having a bad day. I mean, there are a lot of things I would like to hear on a bad day, but if they're not true, they don't do me any good, right? And so the thing is, here at Equipping Eve, I'm going to focus on God's Word. That's what we're going to talk about. That's what we're going to ponder. That's what I want you to take away from this and think about until the next show. I want you to take the topics that we've discussed. I want you to look at the scripture verses that are mentioned and, and talked about. And I want you to go and study them on your own as well. I mean, we're growing in this together, but it's about God's word. And sometimes when you're having a bad day, you know, the Bible may not give you a warm fuzzy about what's going on. That's okay. It's still God's word. It's still faithful and true. And God is still faithful and true. Amen? Can I get an amen? Amen. So moving on then from dreams to reality, what I actually want to talk about today is what it means to be in Christ. So as I record this, Halloween is coming up. Every Christian's favorite holiday. Um, this is when Christians answer, you know, when someone says happy Halloween, Christians come back and say, oh, happy Reformation Day. I used to be that person and it's awkward. So, you know, you don't have to do that. It's okay. Uh, it's not like on the Christian checklist. If you want to, go for it. But um, I did that once. It did elicit interesting responses from my coworkers at one point, but it actually did help me have a very profitable conversation with a Roman Catholic coworker at one point. So, you know, hey, go for it. Be that awkward person. Happy Reformation Day. So anyway, Halloween is coming up. 
And what's Halloween about? It's about taking on a temporary fake identity, right? And um, most of it's just fun, you know? It's cute and fun to see kids dressed up as their favorite little Disney character. Um, you know, people running around with these masks that are all bloody and gory. That's not so cute, not so fun. Um, but, you know, there's there's nothing inherently evil about your child dressing up as Winnie the Pooh. In fact, I will think it's adorable if I see him walking down the street. But the thing is, those are just fake identities. You know, adults get into Halloween even more than some children do now anymore, and they have these big Halloween parties, and you dress up in your costume. But the reality is, we have a real identity. We are real people. And at the end of the day, ladies, as Christians, our identity is in Christ. That's where it's found. That's where it's rooted. And I think we forget this. I think in the course of life in this world, and we're placed in this world for a reason, we're not supposed to sit in a convent, we're not supposed to sit in a commune and only talk to people who are like us and who believe like us. And so we live in this world and we have these norms and these ideals and these um, expectations that we tend to try to live up to. But at the end of the day, our identity isn't in the fact that we are a single mom or a wife who's married with two children. You know, uh, your identity isn't in the fact that you're a soccer mom. Your identity isn't in the fact that you're a homeschooling mom. Your identity isn't in the fact that you um, have a job like me. My identity is not in my work. And my identity is not in the popularity of, of a blog or a podcast. None of that, even if those are Christian-based, none of that is where my identity is found. And so at the end of the day, ladies, part of your identity might be that you're a wife or a mother, but that is not your ultimate identity. And that's not what you measure yourselves by. And personally, that's something I've had to learn. I didn't even realize I had to learn it. But over the years, I have had a tendency to identify myself by my work because I don't have a family and that's okay that's not something I desire but I have a career and so it's very easy to get caught up in that and to then begin to identify yourself by what you do and what you've accomplished in the office and so you have to come back to the bible and you have to come back to Christ and you have to say wait a minute that doesn't matter. That pays the bills and that's good and I need to do my best because that's how I honor God in my job. But at the end of the day, my identity is not found in my work. Let's look uh, quickly at some scriptures, ladies, and then we'll think about this a little bit more. If you start looking at the New Testament, you realize how much the New Testament speaks to us being in Christ. So the word Christian is actually only used three times in the ESV. The word Christian. It's used in Acts and it's actually um, more of a pejorative at that point in the church's history. Um, you know, when people were refer referred to as Christians, they weren't, it wasn't a favorable reference. And of course, we've adopted that for good now. But at the end of the day, I think that word Christian 
can lose its meaning, in my opinion, because we forget what it means to be a Christian, and that is that we are in Christ. So if you turn with me, ladies, first of all, to John 17. Turn with me to John 17. And this is Jesus' high priestly prayer, if you remember. And I just love that God gives us insight into this intimate moment between Jesus and his Father. And in verse 6, Jesus prays. He says, I have manifested. He's praying to the Father. I have manifested your name to the people whom you gave me out of the world. Yours they were, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything that you have given me is from you. For I have given them the words that you gave me, and they have received them, and have come to know in truth that I came from you, and they have believed that you sent me. I am praying for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. Verse 10, all mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. And I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world. And I am coming to you. Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one, even as we are one. While I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you have given me. I have guarded them. Not one of them has been lost except the son of destruction, that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I am coming to you in these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world, and for their sake I consecrate myself, that they also may be sanctified in truth. Verse 20. I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. This is where Christ is praying for us today, ladies. And I love this passage. Verse 21, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, and that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. And so this starts to give us an idea of our union with Christ when we come to faith in Jesus Christ, we are one with him. The Holy Spirit comes and indwells us, and we are in Christ. That's kind of an amazing thing to think about. Romans 6, and we're going to walk through a couple of epistles here today, ladies, just kind of cherry-picking verses, um, not pulling them away from their original meaning in the context. But um, if you saw the list of verses I have, you would not want us to talk about the full context of all of them. But take a look at Romans 6, verse 11, where Paul says, So also you must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. You are in Christ Jesus. This is talking about salvation. You're dead to sin, right? When you are saved, you're regenerated. And you're dead to sin. Yes, we still sin in this life, but we are dead to sin. And we are alive in Christ. We have obtained eternal life. That's ours to possess. Even now, we will die physically, but we know that we have eternal life in Christ. Verse 23 of that same chapter, Paul says, For the wages of sin is death. That's what we just talked about. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's how we possess that eternal life. And we are in Christ Jesus. Romans 8 verse 1. This is one many of us have memorized. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are 
in Christ Jesus. And I'm using the ESV here, ladies, but I don't think that varies much from translation to translation. Romans 12, verse 5. So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. So this is now taking it corporately, that in Christ we are united together as one. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. Christ is that unifying factor. And turn over to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30. And because of him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption, so that as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. Because of God, you are in Christ Jesus. You are in Christ Jesus. This is how you identify yourself. You are in Christ Jesus. Do a search on this sometimes, sometime, ladies. It is kind of fascinating. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 10. We are fools for Christ's sake, but you are wise in Christ. Christ is wisdom, and we are wise in Christ. Everything comes to us through Jesus Christ. And we are new creations because of Jesus Christ. And that um, jumps ahead to one of my verses, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. If anyone is in Christ, that is our identity, ladies. And, you know, we hear so much today about, you know, there's, there's like qualifiers before the word Christian. You know, I'm a... I'm a, I'm a gay Christian. I'm a liberal Christian. I'm a you know, XYZ Christian, and that probably is actually a title, the way we have so many weird pronouns that we use these days. You know, fill in the blank. I'm a this Christian. I'm a that Christian. Uh, you know, I, w what do you want me to say? You know, I'm a, I'm a um, cat mom Christian. You know, I mean, it's just, it's so silly. It's so ridiculous. And we're getting it wrong if we put anything in that blank. I'm a blank Christian. We're Christians, period. We are in Christ. The rest of it may describe your life, and some of those are an oxymoron, like the first example I used as being a, a gay Christian. Those two don't go together, um, because that would indicate, that would be like saying, I'm an unrepentant, sinning Christian. You know, I'm, I'm an adulterating Christian. That doesn't work. Um, yeah, I'm a... I'm a Wiccan Christian. That doesn't work. Um, you know, so some of those don't even work. And the rest of them are just nonsensical because that's not how we identify ourselves. We are Christians. If you have been saved by the blood of Christ and his righteousness has been imputed to you, he has granted you repentance and faith and you're trusting in him alone for your salvation, his perfect life, his death on the cross and his resurrection, then you are in Christ. You are a Christian, period. End of story. Because that is where our ultimate identity is found. It is in Christ. And if we try to find our identity in anything else, it is fleeting. It is from this world and it changes. But Christ never changes. So why would we not want to root ourselves in Christ? Let's keep looking through some of these verses. If we flip over to 2 Corinthians 
13, verse 5, examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith, test yourselves, or do you not realize this about yourselves, that Jesus Christ is in you, unless indeed you fail to meet the test. It's almost flipping it around because his Holy Spirit lives inside of us, and this is how we are united to him, and Christ is in us. Galatians 2.20 goes along those same lines. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Galatians 3 verse 26 uh, go back to verse 25 so we can get the start of the sentence. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. For in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. It's through faith that we are sons and daughters of God. I keep flipping through and we go to Ephesians 1. Don't you love this chapter? I love this chapter. Verse 3, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. And this goes back to all of our promises being found in Christ. Everything that we possess, ladies, is in Christ. That's why Jesus must be the focal point of our gospel proclamation. Jesus Christ is the gospel. You know, don't miss that. We need to be careful not to miss that. Ephesians 2, verse 13, But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. You've been brought near because you're in Christ Jesus. Chapter 3, verse 17, So that in Christ, you're, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts. You know, and we're, we're just touching a few. This is just walking through the first of Paul's few epistles. But ladies, as we wind down here, I want to turn to 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. And we don't see the phrase in Christ in those verses. But ladies, look at those verses again. Go back and read them more slowly and realize that that's us. That's describing who we are. And why is this who we are? I mean, this is kind of amazing. A chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession. All familiar language, if you are familiar with your scriptures, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. This is who we are because we are in Christ. And what I do love about this language, as I just alluded to, is how Old Testament it is and how it draws the scriptures together. 
and shows us that there is no dividing wall and we are in Christ. And the God of the Old Testament is the same as the God of the New Testament. And he has brought together a people for his own possession and they are all one in Christ. And so at the end of the day, this concept lady, and we've just barely scratched the surface. And so at the end of the day, this concept ladies, and we really have barely scratched the surface. I don't even know if you can say that we've done that in this brief few minutes together, but this concept is so important for all of us as Christians, but this is especially important as well for those whose identity perhaps has been stripped due to any sort of circumstances. And I think we see that so much in our world today. And this is another topic that maybe we'll touch on another time. And we see that in the churches where you feel like your identity has been stripped away. And this isn't about pumping you up and saying, you're important and God can't live without you and you make a difference and you matter and and all of those feel-good, psycho, nonsensical, nonsense type of thing. That's not what this is about, but it still needs to be an encouragement for anybody who feels like that for whatever reason. And I'm not going to start listing potential reasons because that's not where we're going today. But for anybody who feels like their identity has been stripped and you don't really know where you fit, if you are a Christian, go back to the scriptures and go back to Jesus because you are in Christ. Go back to that high priestly prayer and realize that Jesus was praying for his disciples. And there at the end of his prayer, Jesus was praying for you. It's okay to realize that. It's not reading yourself into the scriptures. It's not being narcissistic. It's realizing that Jesus has chosen you. If he has, if, if you have been regenerated and he has saved you, he has chosen you. He loves you. He is sanctifying you. He lives in you through his Holy Spirit and you are in Christ. And that is where your identity is found right there in Jesus, in Christ. And that's why I think it's important for us to consider it. And so I encourage you to go do your own study. um, Take a look at the scriptures, find those verses. And those are encouragements in a world that can just really depress us. Remember, we are in Christ and we have immeasurable promises to look forward to in Christ. And, and we possess them all now. And we will possess them for eternity in Christ. It's so amazing. It's so amazing. We have such an amazing God and such an amazing Savior. And so remember, ladies, who are you? You are a daughter of the King. You are in Christ. Okay, before we go, I promised to talk about the celebration the celebration of 500, 500, 500, nothing, celebration of 100 episodes and five years. Let me just multiply those and we have 500, no, 100 episodes, five years of Equipping Eve. And I wanted to do something to thank you ladies, you listeners, and I wish I could thank every single one of you and send each one of you a gift. I can't do that. Um, because 
that's just not feasible. But what I am going to do is I am going to hold a giveaway. So go to equippingeve.com, visit the blog, and take a look at the giveaway. The giveaway is, are you ready? I am going to give away a copy of the Spurgeon Study Bible. So this is um, the CSB translation, which I actually really like. That's the Christian Standard Bible. Uh, this is a genuine leather version. It is indexed. I'm looking at it. I'm holding it right now. Well, actually, I'm holding my copy. Um, so one of you ladies will receive a brand new copy. So I purchased this particular copy of the Spurgeon Study Bible from Truth For Life, which is, of course, the ministry of Alistair Begg. Uh, so they are available on their website there. Equipping Eve as a ministry is not affiliated with Truth For Life or with Holman Bible Publishers. Uh, that just happened to be the um, product that I decided to give away because there was an extra one on my shelf. And it seemed like a great idea to share with one of you ladies. This is just something that is a fantastic resource. It's something that I enjoy using and I think you'll enjoy it as well. And so I'd like to share a copy of this with one of you ladies. So go to the blog. You will see the rules for the giveaway there. Enter. And we'll announce the winner as appropriate. And I will send a copy of this. And I hope whoever wins enjoys it as much as I do. And so we'll revisit that in a later episode and announce the winner. But um, I'll have a link there on the blog so that you can look a little more closely at the Bible and see what this looks like, see if this is something you might like. So this includes, this has introductions to um, each of the books. This has little um, kind of quotables throughout um, that are in Spurgeon's own handwriting. So those are from his sermon transcripts, and that's kind of cool. Um, this has study notes that are taken, um, presumably from his sermons, um, for various verses. So it is a really great resource. You know, it's not as comprehensive of a study Bible, perhaps as some others that, you know, comment on practically every verse. Um, but it's, it's very Spurgeon-esque and we all love Spurgeon. And, um, like I said, I like the CSB translation. It's really easy to read. Um, it's, it's just really accessible. So this is, I think, a really wonderful resource. I enjoy mine. I think you'll enjoy yours, whoever wins. So go to equippingeve.com, check that out. Thank you, thank you, thank you, ladies, for five years, 100 episodes. We're not done yet, by God's grace. We won't be done for a while. Um, we're just going to keep going for as long as, as God allows us. So um, it's been a great five years praying for a great five more, another great 100 episodes after this, and we'll, I don't know, have to come up with another giveaway after that, but maybe we'll do something in between too. But for now, this is what we're doing, equippingeve.com, check out the blog, check out the giveaway, go ahead and enter, and um, we'll look forward to seeing who wins. All right, ladies, that's all for today, and until next time, get in your Bibles, get on your knees, and get equipped. Thanks for listening. Thank you.